0: My name is Jared Matthew Weiss and every month in New York City, I host a conversation amongst a hundred people about love and sex. Everyone can be anonymous and anyone can share because before we're straight, gay, cisgender, transgender, monogamous, polyamorous, whatever, we're human and the more we talk to each other, the more human our world will be. On this podcast, You'll get to feel like you're sitting in the circle with us in New York City, listening and learning from other people's experiences in bed and in love. This is the Touchpoint Town Hall. Here we go. Hi. It's good to see everybody. By a show of hands, uh, how many of you uh, are virgins? That means you've, you've never been here before. <laughs> Welcome. That's great. Okay, my name is Jared Matthew Weiss, and this is the Touchpoint Town Hall. Now, this is what happens when a 100 perfect strangers get together in a room and talk openly about the things they've experienced in bed and in love. More than 4,000 people have sat in this circle that you're sitting in tonight, and we have discussed all the things this space has served as my greatest teacher and I know a teacher to s- so many uh, so many of you who have been here before. By a show of hands, how many of you have been here before? Wow. Okay. My friend, what what brings you back?
1: It's an amazing experience. Want to keep it coming. Yeah?
0: Yeah. What have you what's so amazing about it? <laughs>
1: opinion of other people, it's uh, always expanding your mind, always expanding experiences. Yeah. What's your name? David.
0: David. Thank you for being here, David. I appreciate that. Who else, who else has been here before? I mean, I saw your hands go up, so I actually know who you are, so it's okay. (laughs) Oh. Hmm. (coughs) Have you ever been here before? No? (laughs) This is your first time? What brings you here? Your friend invited you? Yeah. What did Today. she tell you?
2: <laughs> she actually just sent me a link.
0: She sent you a link.
3: <laughs>
0: okay, so you saw the link. Yes. Yeah. And so what? Why, why did you think you wanted to come through?
3: Um, What's your name? Jane.
0: Jane. I understand. Everybody, please give a round of applause for Jane. I mean, this is, you know, I get it. But so what brought you here tonight?
2: Because... Um, I want to hear people's experiences. Yeah. And uh, because I have my own and I just wanted to maybe know that um, I'm not
0: alone. You're not alone? Yeah. You want to know that you're not alone? If anybody else just wants to know that they're not alone, say a word. word. Okay, guess what? You just got your money's worth. That's it. <laughs> you're good. All right, well, thank God you're here, Jane. Okay, so before I start, I always like to ask, do I have your permission to have a conversation with you about your love and sex lives? Yes. Yes. Okay, I'm going to need to ask again, because that wasn't strong enough. Um, Do I have your permission to have a conversation with you about your love and sex lives? Yes. Yes. Okay, one more time. This time, I want you to think about the kind of yes you'd like to hear right before you're about to have a sexual experience with another person. (laughs) Okay? Do I have your permission to have a conversation with you about your love and sex lives? Yes! Okay, that felt good. Now that is what we like to call enthusiastic consent. (laughs) Um, So now, I ask a lot of questions. Okay, I do. That's what I do. That's my role here. I, I ask a lot of questions. And if I call on you, and you feel like sharing, that's amazing. If you don't feel like sharing, you could just say, you know, I don't feel like answering that question. And that's perfect too. If you start to answer a question that I ask you and in the middle of it you like, wait why am I saying this in front of all these people? I don't want to <laughs> do this. Just stop talking, you're perfect. Okay, word? Word. Right. Okay, we're here tonight, we're here to talk about watching porn.
3: Word. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so good, so good. Okay, so we're here tonight we're here tonight to talk about watching porn. And so I'm curious, what words come up for you when you hear the phrase watching porn? What comes up for you? Just shout it out when you know it. Wet. Somebody said wet? <laughs> wet, okay. <Yeah. laughs> Wait, well, I heard fantasy. What came out of here?
3: Secret. Secret.
0: Orgasm. Orgasm. Who said orgasm? Me. Okay. Erotic. Erotic. Release. Release. Fake. Did you say fake? Oh, you did. The friend who sent the link. (laughs) The plot thickens. She had an agenda, Jane. Okay. Hi.
2: Hi.
0: What's your name? Irina. Irina. Irina, what? You said fake?
3: I said fake.
0: What does that mean? Try to speak up for the people so they can hear you. I know, I get it. It's not like every other time you've spoken in front of a hundred people about sex. It's different, so I know it's you know it takes a little courage. But thank God you you said that. So what do you mean fake? What's coming up?
2: Well, um, because porn is not what how usually sex happens.
0: Porn. So what kind of yeah. porn? What kind of porn do you watch?
2: I no longer watch porn.
0: No longer watch porn. Yeah,
2: but I used to a lot. Yeah.
0: What, and what kind of porn were you watching a lot? Of?
2: Um, lesbian porn
0: lesbian porn mm-hmm. okay and so you felt like the lesbian porn you were watching wasn't true to your experience
2: well at the time when I was watching it I enjoyed it a lot and that's what I was actually addicted to a lot even though I'm straight um, uh, but because I what I practice these days spirituality tantras, you know conscious sexuality, porn is no longer something that I go to in order to.
0: Yeah. Well, so, but you brought up the thing you said was fake. And I think a lot of the times when, you know, people have brought up porn in this space, and a lot of things we see around the the social narrative around porn is that, I I don't know if it's usually, like, uh, uh, two women uh, in that sense. That, that that type of pornography is is fake. I think that often, like, you know, th- from what I've heard, it's often like there's that very sort of patriarchal, misogynistic uh, perspective. But maybe that's who's producing the woman-on-woman porn that you were watching. Uh,
2: well, but that's what I meant, yeah. that type of what the patriarchal yeah. men are always yeah. hard and, you know, always right. performing, and women are orgasming and that kind of thing. That's yeah. what I meant by saying fake.
0: Got it. Got yeah. it. Anybody else who's witnessed this and thinks it's totally fake, say word. Word. Okay, so there's uh, we're all we're all in this with you. Thank you so much for sharing. Okay, I heard I heard uh, um, somebody said somebody said orgasm. Yes. Was that you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> <laughs>
4: you that's the purpose like you watch porn so you can orgasm I mean that's why I'm sorry not you I watch porn so that Thomas, I that you've can you've been orgasm here before the, huh? <laughs> that's
3: I right. listen to the that's right
0: I <laughs> right so just so, a gentle yes. reminder to everybody and she's calling it out we have a tendency to say you do this or you know when you're watching porn or you do this and we try to encourage everybody to just say I and just really speak on behalf of ourselves and not everybody else. So, so the purpose of porn is to orgasm. That's what you're saying.
4: Yes. Okay. Is to pleasure yourself, pleasure myself. For <laughs> me to pleasure myself, while watching other people have sex, possibly sex that I haven't had before in situations that I haven't been in before. And I know, like she's saying, that it's it's fake, but that's okay fake, except the moans, like the fake moans throws me off my <laughs> orgasm, so I turn the, I turn the volume down because I need to, I'd rather just hear my own sounds than like the fake sounds, uh-huh. but I'll still be watching the bodies. Uh-huh, well, yeah. Damisa,
0: now that we got you here, yes. You know, let's just go for it, okay? <laughs> so, Damisa, <laughs> Damisa, everybody please put your hands together for domica. I only, know, I only know her name for many reasons, but <laughs> one of them is that you know, she's here tonight to share a very specific story about her relationship to porn. So thank God you're here. Um, so tell us what you came to tell us, what's, what's going on?
4: Mm, watching porn, so watching porn. Mm-hmm. The first time I experienced pornography was actually not watching it, but hearing it because my mother was really loud and she was pornographic. And she was like that fake pornographic, making all the noise, like, come on, ridiculous type of shit that I just <laughs> was like, mom, please, like, and, you know, I was a kid, so I didn't know, but I knew she was like overdoing whatever she was doing.
0: <laughs> how, how old were you?
4: Um, the first time I heard my mom having sex, probably like six or seven. Okay. Yeah. And um, so from there, I went as a a young teenager, maybe maybe 12 or something, like peeking behind like these wood planks at my grandmother's house because my my uncles like still lived at my grandmother's house. And my uncle would watch porn. And so on like cable back when you didn't have to, you pay for the cable, but it wasn't specific, whatever. And so... (laughs) But he would be watching it and so we would sneak down and we would have our eyeballs like trying to strain and pushing each other out of the way. Like, oh my God, people are doing it on TV. Like this is wild, like this is amazing. <laughs> and um and that was just like girl guy type of thing, like soft porn, you know. And then uh, I started modeling and I ended up in Paris and I stayed with my booker who His name was jean francois and he was an older gentleman he was gay and he um he would have his lovers over but only when when i went to sleep and he was a lovely man but he would tell me like you can't go into this room and you can't look in that box And I knew he was up to some stuff because I could hear him. Like, I could hear him with his lovers. And, uh, you know, he was very adamant about it. So, of course, I went into the box and I was like, word, what is this? <laughs> and everything was in French, but I instinct you instinctively know when it's a porn tape. Because it's worn, it's, like, got the secret. <laughs> like, it's a different type of tape, you know, it's not, like... I don't know, like some love story or whatever. And so of course I started putting, I like put the first tape in and the first tape was really shocking because it was like bestiality. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. And then I was like, ooh, oh, I didn't know, oh. And then I was like, okay, I'm definitely not into that, right? And then I put the next tape in and it was gay porn and there were these hot dudes having sex. And I found myself like, I was like, holy shit. Like, whereas before I was kind of like put off, I was really getting, I started getting excited off of watching these two men have sex. And that is the beginning of me watching gay porn and really totally enjoying it. And I, you know, I used to be married and throughout my married life, um, I would sneak and I would watch this gay porn because I didn't think my husband would want to partake like, <laughs> babe, let's—we would watch straight porn, but he wasn't, he wasn't even halfway into that. It was kind of my thing. And so I was like, he's definitely not going to get the gay porn thing. He's (laughs) (laughs) going to be like, this is, I'm not going to have an orgasm, babe. So I would do it like secretly and I would just like watch my little gay porn and I would have my orgasms and I I enjoyed it because I love men and I really like to see hot men having sex. And then I found out that Uh, I was at somewhere with some girlfriends and we were talking about vibrators or whatever, which I'm not into. And I was just like, yeah, this is, this is, I'm not into that, but this is what I'm into. I'm into gay porn. And two of the ladies said, yeah. Me too. And I go, what? I was like, you mean to tell me like, this is a thing? Like, I'm not the only woman who is like fascinated by hot men. They were like, yeah, like fucking hot men having sex, you know, and part of it for me, cause we talked about it was that I, you know, for me it's because I, I, I had, when I was younger, sexual trauma, sexual abuse. And so for me, it was also a way to look at sex where it wasn't a woman and it wasn't me in that situation mm-hmm. or being objectified or whatever, mm. so I could enjoy it without feeling triggered or feeling weird. Mm-hmm. And so that is my story.
3: Although whoop I,
0: Damasa, yeah. <laughs> 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 thank God you're here. <laughs> That story is is very special. S- people are calling in <laughs> um, so uh so damasa yeah. um, I think that you know the first time you told me this story, I was really you you know i think i was I was surprised I hadn't heard that narrative before, mm-hmm. and uh when you. Shared it with me. I started sharing. You know, I told people. You know, that I start talking about the stories I've heard. You know, I get a question. I get that question a lot. You know, well, so what have you heard? You know, <laughs> and uh, I shared that story, and there was a couple women that I shared it with, and they were, one was like, oh, th- I've been watching that for you know a decade. That's that's it. And I think. Um, you know, really, I was excited for you to come here and, and share that with all of us tonight because I think that, you know, not only are there a lot of people who are also exploring that, but also there's a lot of people who I think need to hear that. How many people were intrigued by that story? Say word. Word. Right? So there's a, there's a lot to that. Thank God. So what, what's coming up for, for you out here? What words are coming up now that you hear that? Shout them out when you know them. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody say hell Yeah. Okay, hell yeah, great. What else? Arousal. Arousal, okay. Unexpected. Unexpected. Triggers. Triggers, okay. Real. Real. Education. Education. I think I want to talk to education. (laughs) I think I want to talk to education. Hold on, we're just going to just hang this thing over your head. (laughs) You don't see this, but in a lot of the porn you watch, there are people doing <laughs> the same thing.
3: <laughs>
0: we really wanted to give you a, a, a real integrated experience here tonight. <laughs> okay, so what is your name, my friend? I'm Christian. Christian. Mm-hmm. Okay, Christian. Um, talk to me about education. What's coming up? Sure, yeah.
5: So in the story, um, I... Dom, uh, says your name? Yes. Um, it seems like you learned something new about a way to pleasure yourself that you didn't know before through porn. And for me, I'm a health educator, uh, primarily like with queer sex ed. And for a lot of adolescents and young adults as they're learning their sexuality, they turn to porn because in areas where um, sexuality is stigmatized or gender identity is stigmatized, which is too many places, um, they turn to porn to learn to pleasure themselves and to pleasure partners. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from.
0: Okay, so um, can I ask you some questions? Mm -hmm. So how did, what was your relationship to porn growing up? Sure,
5: Um, so um, I came out as gay to myself when I was around 13, Um, and I joke that my sexuality education came from Tumblr. Um, There was (laughs) uh, um, a burgeoning, uh, I think there still is a large queer scene on Tumblr, um, but there were a bunch of us who I think were teenagers, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as, much, as much as I can tell, um, that um, we would share, we would talk about experiences or share uh, porn images or GIFs or videos um, and so it was a kind of a small community that I built there um, and especially before I felt comfortable coming out to my parents and then Moving away from college that where was were you of, living uh, just on long island so not too far away okay but i moved to chicago so that was a nice way to kind of distance myself from the people that i knew and explore sexuality with a whole group of people that didn't know who i was beforehand wow
0: okay all right well thank you so much for sharing that i really appreciate that thank Thanks. you so much christian everybody <laughs> christian. so so you know in terms of watching porn growing up using porn as an educational tool Uh, You know, we do have one storyteller here tonight, I was excited, you know, he had a wild story about watching porn when he was young, he's right over here. Um, As they're getting set up, everybody please put your hands together for my friend Max. (laughs) So, so, Max, Max, um, thank you so much for joining us tonight, everybody's got to reorient themselves so they can (laughs) get a good look. you had a wonderful story. I was moved by it the first time I heard it, and I'm excited for you to share it with everybody. So tell me what's coming up.
6: Yeah, so I, uh, it was really interesting to hear your story and that relationship with porn. Because for mine, you know, I, I really relate to it, to what you're saying, in that I grew up in the age of the internet. I was like a 12-year-old kid trying to figure out like, how to be in middle school or whatever that was in the world and trying to be cool. Um, and all the guys I was watching on TV shows, they were obsessed with this sex thing. Um, and like that seemed to be the goal for all the guys and all the TV shows, was this sex thing. And I was like, oh, what's, what's this sex thing? Um, and I turned to the internet to try and figure that out. Which actually really led to, for me, with porn as an education tool, led to having to unlearn quite a lot of, of what I learned from that. Um, <laughs> And that really, like, I learned about sex from a variety of porn sites. That's the way 12-year-old Max learned what girls like. I typed in each variation of boobs.com I could think of. (laughs) This was a problem later solved by the invention of Pornhub a friend recommends with a big fat grin. Feels like more of a man because of where he's been. Remember, this is pre-Google and Jeeves had kids. So, that night I ran home to fire up my (gasps) dial-up. You've got mail, Mm mm-hmm. I don't care, my adolescent boner is tucked into the waistband of my underwear. And there are limitless women and their pussies are swimming at the thought of having penises shoved recklessly in them, I'm like www.pornhub.com. And suddenly I'm seeing everything that's trending, gangbangs, cum shots, rear-ending, never-ending, the breadth of my selection as intense as my erection, holy shit, give me a second to turn off parental detection. (laughs) 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 It's hilarious they tried to put it up there in the first place. First base, second base, third base, fourth base, fifth base, sixth base, seventh base. Women seem to love being treated like objects, though this is something to wish I'd rationally object with even the slightest mix of common sense and innocence, but when my twelve-year-old eyes watched enough face-fucking belligerence, it started to seep into my sexual subconscious mixing my primal desires to pounce on these lionesses as they part the lips of their blushing vaginas with genuine young curiosity of what this all means. All these men I'd seen in movies and on TV obsessed with the very same thing. And according to porn, that's (laughs) that's women on their knees begging for our seed. It's using the female body for our whims, our desires, our needs. All these women tricked into nudity so easily and then discarded so casually. That's what porn taught me being a man means. That's what porn taught me being good in bed means. Planted this deeply misguided lie in me. And look, maybe pornography can help us live out fantasies and explore our spectrum of sexuality, but personally, it was more education than it should have been. And for that, I've got to take responsibility. But think about how easy it was for me to pop up in my laptop screen and watch all these societally picture-perfect women moan and scream as they look back at me. And for all practical purposes, it was me, because I was into POV. It's where the camera sees what I would see. (laughs) And God knows I was getting no real pussy at age 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. (laughs) So due to what was strictly availability, porn became my sexual reality. And unfortunately, I don't think my story is an anomaly. I didn't learn physical intimacy was a possibility until my mid-twenties, making love was just fucking stripped of its masculinity. I was using women as vessels for masturbating, most of whom were so used to being treated without dignity that to avoid bruising my ego they wouldn't bother telling me they just endure my incompetency. And to any of you rolling your eyes at me is honestly, I probably would have been. I ask you to explore the possibility that maybe the sex we learned from porn in American society is actually, when applied to reality, usually just really bad sex. (laughs) Is it fun to smack some ass and unleash our dominance? Hell yes. But it's this tiny portion of what sex can express, more or less the junk food of our consciousness. I got to trade porn for watching the woman I loved dance so freely on top of me it may be the only time I ever truly understood femininity. Sex is fun, but there is jaw-dropping beauty when it's mixed with vulnerability, intimacy, and creativity. If you had told me in college how hot breathing with our clothes on could be, I would have laughed you off heartily. But luckily, I met a woman stronger than I would have been if I were she to slow me down and feel the heat of our breath move up and down and in and out through our chests. To show me how beautiful it can be when love and sex aren't two separate things. That I'd been trying to do life's greatest puzzle with just one very basic piece. Showed me the difference between ecstasy and crotch sneeze. I had gotten great at crotch sneeze. (laughs) (laughs) How far away from where I want to be pornography had taken me. Turns out I didn't have to pretend to already know the answers to every female body. Turns out they're all unique. And it was okay to ask, okay to learn, okay to breathe. Waiting on the other side of porn for me was just a glimpse of this limitless magnificence. I invite you to take a chance, take a break, be a man. It's worth exploring. Thank you.
0: Max. Max, you know, the first time I heard you do that poem, I was so moved, and I'm so excited that everybody here got to experience it. Uh, how many people, if you see yourself in Max's poem at any point, say word. 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 I mean, Max, you know, your story—you, you're just such a gifted storyteller, and I'm just so grateful that you're here to share that with us tonight. Um, on your journey, you know, this journey from, you know, that you, you are so eloquent in outlining all these stages of your life, first base, second base, seventh base, <laughs> eighth base, eight, eight. Um, I guess, what does sex look like for you today in a world in which by, you know, using your own turn, you've had to do all this work to unlearn what you've learned through pornography. Like, what, is it, what does it look like today?
6: You'll just have to find out, Jared.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's
0: not the first time Max has ever propositioned me. <laughs>
3: I'm just throwing that out there.
6: Um, What does it look like for me today? It's uh. (laughs) So the part of that poem... So I'm desperately in search of truth at all times. Um, The part of that poem that feels like it flirts with untruth, or what it doesn't touch on, is that, like, what porn tapped into for me was also just like a very real, like, primal desire. And so, like, I initially fully, like, rebelled against, okay, no porn, throw all of this away. Like, I don't want this style of thinking in my life at all. But what I'm trying to learn to sort of reintroduce is some of that same sort of like intense, call it patriarchal stuff in the bedroom um, that I find is actually very, in my experience, has been very desired by my partners as well. And to be able to integrate that back into my sex life through um, through the lens of that sort of safety and comfort and connection. Mm. Um, And so that's like, that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm working towards. Uh, And that's been, it's been a journey. yeah, it's like I was. I was. I think I would can safely say I was terrible at sex for most of my, for most of my life. Yeah. Um, today, now, like I've just been reading and looking at things in a different way. I think I'm above average at sex. There's still room to grow. <laughs>
0: so, so what have you been reading?
6: Um, she Comes First was
0: totally game changing for me. Refinery um, 29s Nine's Instagram. What was that? (laughs) I was gonna say Refinery29's Instagram is. I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, no, it's great. They did
3: a great job. Okay, so she Um, comes first. Yeah. The multi orgasmic
6: man was helpful as I was coming off of porn. Um, For me, like to be able to like think of I wasn't gonna stop masturbating, Um, and to be able to look at masturbating differently as like a way of harnessing energy. But then actually, to be honest, when I got into my relationship with my last girlfriend, I was like, okay, cool. Like I've got this. We're good. And I sort of left that train. but, it's, uh, but those, were, those were two game changers for me.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. Max. <laughs> okay, so what's coming up for you now? Shout out the words that you're feeling. Conscious sexuality. Conscious sexuality. Game
4: changer.
0: Game changer. Understood. Where was that? Understood, okay.
7: Generational.
0: Generational, interesting.
7: It's only about
0: me. It's only, Did what did you say?
7: I would say that the porn, um, if I can say, it's uh, a moment in which it's only yourself with yourself. Essentially, you have the opportunity to experience your inner desire in, without yeah. any judgment but from anyone else. Yeah. and. Uh, pleasure yourself and uh, what's important, you are just removing some part of the society, the constraint from the society, and uh, just liberating yourself. So, oh. my word was, uh, it's only about me, essentially. It's
0: only about me. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, it's a perfect segue into my next storyteller. <laughs> Thank God. What was your name? Mario. Mario. Yes. Thank you so much, Mario. <laughs> so I would love to to talk to you, um, Aisha. Aisha. Everybody. Aisha. <laughs> so So Aisha, your story is wonderful because your story is really not all about you. Uh, and I think that you know the stories we've heard so far about pornography is really it is about this experience that like, you know, a person has with you know this media and it seems like it's a solo journey, but yours really was uh, something totally different. So tell us tell us what happened.
8: Yeah. Hi everybody. Um, I'm really excited to share my story with you all because it changed my life. Um, It took place two Memorial Day weekends ago when I went to Montreal with a group of friends and my boyfriend at the time. Um, Big group of us, but my boyfriend at the time decided to surprise me and go on a mini-adventure because I like adventures. And he ended up taking me to a place called L'Amour, I don't know if anybody's been there, but it's the porn cinema in Montreal. Um, when we walked up, I was completely shocked because he was not really someone who was very open about sex. He was very closed off, didn't really want me talking about our sex life to other people. Um, so I was a little bit nervous, I didn't really know what was going on, but when we walked in the door, we were like immediately put at ease by the woman who was taking tickets behind the counter. She was really open, this tattooed woman who was super cool, and I was like, I kinda wanna be her friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but she told us that our vibe was definitely the upstairs balcony. That's where couples go um, away from the single-seated men downstairs. So we start making our way up the stairs, and it's this like really old school, 1920 vibe theater. We're like trying to see through the dark. We like see couples over here and couples over here, and there's some shut doors, and we're like, where do we go? Um, So we make our way through, and we finally find a love seat in the corner, and we sit down. And I can see some wandering eyes below, but I'm like, you know what? It's fine. So we sit down. Deep House is playing in the theater, and you can kind of hear the woman, <laughs> <laughs> the woman on screen. She's moaning, she's pleasuring her- herself. Beautiful brunette woman, um, and so we sit down, and then someone else comes into the frame. And so we just decide to kind of emulate what they're doing on screen. And this is retro porn, so before all this kind of stuff that we're talking about, it's you know kind of sweet and she's full bush, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so we start emulating what they're doing. Um, and I can remember every single touch. It was just the most tantalizing sex that I've ever had. And to this day, one of my best orgasms and I really believe it's because we were in this atmosphere with all of these other people who were doing the same thing and no one was judging anyone else for what they were doing and we were doing it and they were doing it and everyone was doing it together but separately. Um, And it was just really, really good to feel like it wasn't something shameful. And for me, growing up in the Midwest, to an immigrant Pakistani father where sex was so taboo, this felt like such a freeing experience. So that happened, we sat there for a little bit longer, we decided to leave, and we went and met up with all the rest of our friends, who we then told that we just had had this experience. And everyone was a little bit like, not really sure how to (laughs) ask us (laughs) questions, not really sure what to say. But one of my friends said to me, you look like you are glowing. <laughs> and it was just that reassurance that like I had just done something that was really good for me, really good for my partner who was really closed off. And it completely changed my life and in a way that I'm, I'm trying to bring that experience to other people here. Because I think that it's something that everyone should have.
3: Woo! <laughs>
0: So, if you've had sex in a porn theater in Montreal, say word. Okay. Um, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um,
8: <laughs> I did see a few people, though, like not No, there were some people who you said like
0: Lamour, and I heard some people be like, oh, wow,
8: yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, alright, so, so was that your first time having sex, like, in public?
8: In public, no. But in public where we didn't have to hide it or it wasn't sneaking, yes.
0: Okay. So where 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 else in public had you had sex? <laughs> <laughs> um,
8: so there's actually oh I can I don't know if I'm allowed to say this but I'm not going to tell who but we have a kind of thing that we pass around in our friend group of like outside places that you can have sex in New York and not get caught. So and a park bench near where Domino Park is now but it's n- not there anymore. Okay,
0: I have, I have more questions about the group. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I I yeah so, so uh, is this like, is this like, what is this like, Yelp for places to have sex?
8: No, but maybe I should start that. Maybe yeah. that's yeah. a good
3: idea.
0: Uh, it's getting some snaps. So, so, so let's go back to the porn. I, I feel like you and I, we're going to, we have so much to talk about. But um, <laughs> in terms of this interaction, you had mentioned that your boyfriend at the time, your partner had never, he wasn't as open sexually. Mm-hmm. So what was going on in your relationship that he was like, you know, I'm normally not that open sexually. But I think now is a good time for us to go to a porn theater and have sex in front of other people in Canada. Maybe maybe it was cuz you were in Canada. I don't know. Tell me it what It could
8: have been Canada. What's um, yeah.
0: That's he, it. That's the that's the aphrodisiac. Canada.
8: I think what it was he had an incredible um, gift of knowing what other people like and trying to surprise them and give them what that is. And I really think that he was just trying to do something that I would have liked. He, he knows I'm very open about those things. Um, I absolutely have 100%, like no doubt in my mind, he never thought we were gonna have sex there. For mm-hmm. sure, never. Like that would have been never okay, anything. Okay, so then how
0: did you get to the point where you started having sex? Because I just imagine, you know, it's like, it's like there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people who tell me like, I still haven't been to, you know, Touchpoint because, uh, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm a little nervous. And I'm like, you just have to sit there and listen, you know, it's like fun. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a good time, you know what I mean? So like somebody who's already like possibly, you know, not as open to these types of things, wasn't ready to have sex, like what do you think, what moved the needle for him where he was like, you know what, I thought we were just going to watch a movie, but I think I'm going to get naked in front of all <laughs> these people and have sex. Uh, what, what do you think that was?
8: Sometimes I think it's just that person who you want to be with in that situation, like your friend invited you and now you're both here. Um, I think it was was just me. And then we got there and he was comfortable and everyone else was comfortable and you get into those environments where it's sexually charged and it's just like through the air Yeah. and you feel like you can be yourself. It's, you get to this space and maybe you didn't think you were gonna share, but everyone here is holding the space for you and so you do it.
0: Beautiful, amazing, that's incredible. Thank (laughs) you so much for sharing. Okay. So what's coming up for you now? Shout them out when you know them.
3: Confidence, Make love not Confidence. Not porn. what was that? Make love not porn. Make love not porn,
0: yeah. okay.
9: Intimacy.
0: So, what did you say? Soft. Soft. Who said intimacy? Hi.
9: Hi.
0: I'd love to talk to you. <laughs> so what is your name? Jess. Jess. So Jess, you said intimacy. Talk to me about intimacy. So,
9: uh, so, many, so many things about intimacy. Um, well,
0: what's coming up for you?
9: What's coming up is the um, is the juxtaposition between the like when you're experiencing porn with people and watching it versus when you're alone and what and how different how differently porn can be used as a, almost a tool in order to have, what is, to go back to our earlier concept, something that is contrived or fake or performative to create an authentic experience.
0: Have you been able to to experience that in your own life, Jess? Yes. Oh my God. Definitely. Everybody, Jess! <laughs> <laughs> Jess, tell us what's going on.
3: <laughs> um,
9: and you don't
0: have to, you can back it. You say you're, you're, you're it's a, you know. No, you. no, no pressure.
9: sure. Um, So, I think, I mean, my relationship with porn has been very interesting Um, as a person who identified as straight their whole life, but then ended up dating a woman for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I think that this kind of ties together quite a things, I think, that have been discussed. But when watching women have sex that was so far from the authentic experience in my life when seeing that on porn. And so watching gay porn for men with my girlfriend ended up being a form of authentic intimacy Mm. because it was so far from what we were, to connect back to that, to then ultimately when having relationships with men as well as women in different situations using porn as an activity together in order to connect and find something that was exciting to both of us and using that to inspire ourselves to create as well, mm-hmm. um, have always been a way to explore and experiment ways to um, to create as much of an authentic experience and balance between objectification and intimacy because I strive so much to find, real life situations in which I feel that the word objectification is so far. But on the other hand, objectification really turns me on. (laughs) In that right um, situation. As I always say, like, fuck the patriarchy. Also, fuck the patriarchy. Uh, So in order to to sit in that juxtaposition and to sit in that awkward space where there's something I want so badly but I'm so angry about it, especially the past two weeks, where can I where can I make love and where can I fuck? And where can I feel like an object and have it be so safe? Because that's hard, especially when there's trauma, especially when your friends have trauma.
0: Mm. Anybody else who feels that way say word. Okay, we're with Jess. Thank you. Oh, here we go. I mean, I can so be, much. I can offer. Thank you, <laughs> it. You <did> it. <laughs> thank you. Jess, thank God. Alright, well, so Jess, you brought up so many important things, and so what I want to do now is I really want to introduce you all uh, to our, uh, our in-house uh, sex educator. Um, she's a, a professor at NYU, um, and, uh, and just an incredible uh, facilitator and uh, an educator. Uh, Dr. Jana Vrangelova is here with us. Um, so, so... Dr. Jana, um, tell us what's coming up for you. You've been listening <laughs> to all these stories.
7: Oh, my God, so much is coming up. Uh, <laughs> and porn is is something that has there's been so much research about, and I care a lot about research and and scientifically accurate information. and there there is so much research on porn, so there's no way that I could even begin to uh, address all of these issues. But there are a couple of things that i um, that I want to say over the course of the night. But one thing uh, I wanted to um, bring up now, I'm glad you you talked about watching porn as a couple and there is a big difference when we, the big question with porn has been is it bad for you, right? Is it bad for you, is it bad for relationships and there is some some research finding that when people watch porn alone, that and and they do that uh, consistently and especially secretively without their partners knowing, that that over time d- is correlated with uh, higher rates of divorce or relationship dissolution or something like that. Mm. When, <clears throat> yeah, of course it, it's not necessarily the porn that did it. Maybe these people, and there is actually research finding that these people um, are often already somewhat less satisfied with their relationship and therefore more likely to start watching porn, increase their porn intake. But there might be, it, there seems like there is a bi-directional relationship to some extent. Anybody is,
0: who's ever secretly watched porn, say words. <laughs> word. Okay.
7: Of course, this is not all or nothing. It's not like doing it once, uh, this is it's, also it's, not a clinical
0: trial, <laughs> right? <laughs> so anybody listening to this podcast, they'll be like, it's not like really a lot of people said word, so I think that's a, that counts as a study. Uh, yes, it does not count not, as a no, study. No, it's not now. a study. I just wanted to get a feel for the no. room. No,
7: and of course, these are general patterns, so it doesn't mean that if there is a general pattern, if statistically significant, that that means everybody who's ever done this, even repetitively and secretively, is going to have that effect, but there is a, you know, a little bit of a, of a bidirectional effect. But uh, when people are watching porn together as a couple, there does seem like the general effect is one of positive uh, effects. So people feel closer, people uh, have a more kind of uh, e- exciting uh, sex life. It's a way to bringing novelty, which is something that is generally a good thing for maintaining a, a vibrant sex life, especially in long-term relationships. So yeah, porn watching as a couple.
0: Okay, all right. Thank you, Dr. Yeah, Jana. Thank you, Dr. Jana. Um, OK, well well, Jess, you brought us some really interesting things around around uh, feeling like you were straight and then, you know, uh, exploring something different. And we have a story tonight uh, that I'm super excited to share. Uh, Brendan? Yeah OK, everybody, put your hands together for Brendan. <laughs> so Brendan, tell us what's up.
1: All right, Hi, everybody.. Um, Normally when I speak in front of a group this large, the first words out of my mouth are, hi, I'm Brendan and I'm an alcoholic, but tonight the topic is definitely a little bit different. Uh, But nonetheless, I'm excited to be here. Hi, (laughs) Brendan. Hey. I'm here. Um, So yeah. This has just been my like, relationship with porn over time and kind of what I used it for. Uh, I think my first experiences with porn were probably around the fifth or sixth grade when I got in my first TV in my room and I was flipping around endlessly, like so excited to find all these different channels and I stopped and I remember one instance in particular where it was a very staticky channel but I could clearly tell that something was moving and I, <laughs> I stared at it for long enough and my elementary health class education told me that this was a penis going in and out of a vagina. And that's really all I knew of it at the time, Um, but I identified it as sex and I knew that I wanted to find more of it. Um, And around the same time, I started finding that other classmates were also starting to talk about sexual things and it was exciting and it was kind of like a pleasure-seeking experience to go out and find this excitement um, about it. And in parallel with all of this happening, I also noticed that my conversations were not the thoughts in my head were not lining up with the conversations that the other guys were having, which were, oh, I think this girl is cute and I think she's hot and whatever. And I was thinking, well, I think you're hot and I think you're cute. (laughs) Um, So by the time I was in eighth grade, all my friends had turned into girls because it was a lot easier to not have to waste energy pretending I wasn't into them. Um, And then when I went into high school, something fundamental kind of changed about my education and that was because I went to a Catholic high school and they injected morality into education there. And so for four years, I had to take mandatory religion classes, which were always preaching about sinning and repentance, or you're going to go to hell, and often topping the list of things that were considered sins that you would need to repent for, or you'd go to hell, where like the three pillars of my life, it was like masturbation, porn, and sodomy. I was like, what am I going to do? (laughs) Um, And... So I developed like this really incorrect view of myself and my sexuality like in high school that it wasn't okay for me to be gay and I thought like how am I ever going to live a normal happy life going forward like I need to be straight and The way that I went about this was I started to take certain actions and one of the biggest actions I took was I got a girlfriend and I convinced myself that if I got this girlfriend and I dated her and I did like this person um, I, I didn't really mean to do anything bad, but I I thought, like, if I date this person for long enough, like, these thoughts are gonna go away. And this required me to make a lot of, like, concessions to myself about how am I gonna get through this relationship on a day to day. And one of the biggest, like, things that I did for myself was I allowed myself to binge on gay porn at night because I thought if I go through this relationship every day and I just watch enough gay porn and masturbate enough and get my fix that way, then eventually that voice will get quieter in my head and I will just only want this normal happy life that I thought I needed. Um, So this kind of worked throughout high school and then we went to different colleges, so it was pretty easy long distance because I was in one place, she was in another, we would visit each other on the weekends, I could get through it, but every night I was going and binging on all the gay porn that I wanted and just like masturbation binges, like it was ridiculous. And then it all changed because she said that she was gonna transfer to the school that I was going to. And I said, are you really sure that you want to do that? <laughs> um, and she did it. And then it was, it was fine for a little while, um, but after a little bit, like I realized that I wasn't gonna get, I wasn't gonna be able to enjoy life to the fullest from behind a computer screen. I need to go out and get it. And so I, I had to like end the relationship and come out of the closet, which wasn't easy. But I think really like the gay porn over time, like just really showed me that this wasn't going away like this is a part of who I am and like I needed to go out and get it and so I think it just kind of really helped and when I said in the beginning like the topic is different from alcoholism like I guess it's really not because now like I still have porn in my life to this day but I just got to keep an eye on it and make sure that like I'm not using it as a pleasure-seeking experience to try and fix my problems but really I need to like take care of my shit and get it done so that's kind of been my journey with porn and I don't see it ending anytime soon so thanks for letting (laughs) me share. (laughs) Brendan,
0: um, thank you so much for sharing that story. Uh, it's a powerful story. And I think that um, so many of us, I think, you know, I, I can speak for myself and, and from what I've heard here. I think there's, there's a lot of uh, questions around who we are and what we're allowed to be as we explore ourselves sexually. Um, one of the things that comes up for me around your story is that, you know, in the first two years of, of this experience, we used to have people submit questions in advance and then they'd submit the questions anonymously and then they'd vote on the questions anonymously and whatever the most upvoted question was, that's what we would discuss. So for the first two years, people came to this experience and they'd get here that night and they had no idea what we were about to talk about. And 1,600 questions over the first two years were submitted and 25% of the questions that were submitted began with the phrase, is it okay? And examples of that were like, is it okay if I only watch gay porn? and I feel like I identify as straight. Is it okay if I like to wear women's clothing under my clothing, I'm not gay? Is it okay if I, I'm a 25-year-old woman and I want to get married, does that make me a bad feminist? Um, and the questions went on and on, and I realized at that point that so many of us are seeking permission to be who we are. Anybody who identifies with that, say word. Word. Okay, um, so I think it's, you know, so profound that on your journey you really realized that like you had to give yourself permission. Um, And I understand that that was catalyzed by this partner of yours moving schools, right? Mm -hmm. But what else was going on in your life at that point that like you you really needed to make a big decision? Like were you exploring with other men had you opened yourself up to that yeah or was so tell what like what was really what was going on outside of her just moving and finding out that you're masturbating to porn like what else was going
1: on? yeah I just think that at some point it got overwhelming like what's really inside you and what you want like you have to let that out and there was a lot of like exploration and going on apps and like seeing what's out there and things I mean they're just like evil places sometimes to be but i think it just came down to the point where like i wasn't being honest with myself i wasn't being honest with the person that i was with mm-hmm. and i finally stopped seeing this lie that i could make it work if i just kept it going for so long and so like i just my quality of life was so degraded from like living this lie all the time that it just had to stop and so that's kind of when enough was enough
0: so and what was i guess my question is around the the moment not when you are honest with her mm. but when you do step into your your, I, what we can call your actual self, right? So like, what is the moment when it goes from this is just something I'm going to watch to this is something I'm going to explore in my physical world. And what was that, what was that experience like? Based on what you've shared, it's like such a lifetime of repression and this miseducation. And so like rising above that and stepping into it in the real world what what was, what's that like
1: i mean it takes a long time to get yourself into a situation like that and it takes a long time to get yourself out of it mm. so it wasn't just an all of a sudden like everything's okay it was a lot of coming to terms with like the fact that my views were so limited in scope because of my education that i had received that they weren't widely believed by a lot of people and that it was okay for me to be the way that i am like and it's okay to be gay and go out and do these things and so slowly over time i started to become more comfortable and uh, do more exploration. And I don't think it necessarily happened in the healthiest way because of the use of apps and just feel, still feeling this need to like live in secrecy almost. But I can say today that like I'm a very proud person and I love it and it's a very good time. I have some of my good gay friends here with me today. And it's great. Good gay friends. Yeah, hey guys, <laughs> um, and my <laughs> lady friends as well. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it was definitely just like a gradual thing, but it, it was a learning experience for sure.
0: Beautiful, thank you so much, Brendan, I appreciate it. Um, So, Jana, I feel like we had talked a little bit about, about watching, sure. you know, the...
7: Uh, just a quick note, and it, it's funny to hear some of these stories around watching porn that may or may not be congruent with your current sexual orientation or the way you're <laughs> identifying, and I think a lot of the time people, wanna use what you're watching as porn, you know, what you're watching, what kind of porn you're watching as a window into who you truly are, right? who you what your true true sexual desires or orientation may be. And that can be true in some cases, but in many other cases is not necessarily true as as many of the uh, the stories that we heard pointed out you could be watching a, se- a porn that is not congruent uh, if you will with your sexual orientation mm. uh, for other reasons that feels better or uh, might, might be more attracted so it's just a kind of a caution cautionary note that it's not always the same thing for everybody right. uh, and sexual that's true of sexual fantasies in general as well so se- sexual fantasies s- much of the time are things that people would like to do especially if it's the most favorite fantasy that people have but not always. Uh, in, a, in a recent study of uh, lots of, a very, very large sample of, uh, of Americans, about 80% of people said that their f- most favorite fantasy is something that they would like to do, but 20% of people said, no, I have no interest in, in actually doing that, but it's my favorite sexual fantasy. So, mm. yeah. And one, another <laughs> tidbit of information that I think is interesting, there Drop is a the bit of the
0: knowledge, this is the spot, okay. do it. <laughs> There's
7: Show a bit us. of a gender difference uh, with, uh, both porn and general sexual fantasies for men being more likely to be something that they are interested in doing or want to do, and uh, somewhat less true of women. N- that's not, t- not to say that mm. none of the sexual fantasies that women have, they want to make true, but there's uh, mm. a bit of a less, okay. yeah.
0: Yeah, so I think the, the, big, the big takeaway for me on that and uh, is really that it just feels like, like what arouses us is not necessarily what we desire. It feels like like the things that turn us on are not necessarily things that like we want to experience in the in the physical world.
7: Yeah, w- w- what arouses us in our mind and we right. might want to masturbate to is not right. necessarily the same thing that we want to do Amazing. in real life. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Um, you know, a, a big piece of your story was around uh, was around masturbation and your relationship to masturbation, Mm -hmm. and we have a story tonight um, that's centered around porn and masturbation and the relationship between the two, and uh, I'm so grateful you're here, brother. Everybody, please put your hands together for Zach. (laughs) So, so Zach, I heard your story. I was just (laughs) like, I cannot wait to have this this friend in the space.
10: Thanks for having me. Yeah, of Um, course. Before I start, these are amazing stories. I've never, when I always hear conversation about porn, I always hear like the addiction and the negative part. I've never heard three stories about the positive impacts of gay male porn. Welcome to the touch (laughs) point. This is like actually mind blowing for me. I'm like still trying to process this. I'm like, I need to get home. Um, (laughs) um, But I guess, I guess my story is kind of more on, on the lines of, of somewhere where Max was coming from, where I don't know if anyone can relate to me, but when I was, I kind of grew up with the Internet. Like, the Internet came of age with me, so I grew up on my dad's uh, Intel Pentium 286 tower computer. <laughs> and <yeah. laughs> and um, I was super curious about, um, I was shy, so I was super curious about girls my age. Um, so I spent out and I was really good at the internet because I kinda grew up with it. So I spent hours on my dad's computer. Like and thank God the NSA wasn't around then Googling <laughs> child pornography. because like, I didn't want to look at what women looked like that were in their twenties and thirties. I wanted to know what the girls in my class looked like and I couldn't find it anywhere and I knew I was gonna find it if I could get good on the internet. But it was just like was just a weird moment.
3: Yeah. Like if anyone
10: looked back on my dad's computer, it would have been real bad. Um, <laughs> But that said, that just kind of progressed me into that's where I learned information from, and so that became where, synonymous with masturbation for me, that was what it was. I had no idea that there was anything separate from porn and masturbation. That's where I learned everything. That's where, if I wanted to have that moment by myself, porn is where I went. And again, similar to echoing some of Max's stories, I started, as I got a little bit older, I started reading books about, like, conscious sexuality. And I actually was having a hard time remembering the name of the book, but it was Montauk Chia's Multiorgastic Man that I read, and it was, like, um, uh, talking about masturbating as, like, a beautiful thing that men can do. And I was like, what? Men like like I, when I picture like a beautiful masturbation experience, like women are like, "I'm gonna have a nice night, light some candles, draw a bath, <laughs> and like light some scents." And like, when you think about male masturbation, it's like, "Oh, I just fucking did that again." Like, it's never the same. It's not that same. You don't have that same societal story. So it was revelatory for me. So I took a night, um, and I don't know, you know, a lot of stories I hear are men having trouble doing too much porn. I never thought I was addicted to it. I just didn't know there was another option. I didn't even, it didn't even comprehend that in my mind. So I took a night at home and like, Drew, like, drew a bath and, like, handles. I <laughs> got some like, scented oils. And, like, it started to, like, they, the book was, like, it was, like, give yourself a massage. I was, like, give myself a massage. <laughs> like, you, can, you can do that. And I'm, like, oh, that feels great. You know? And it was, like, it was, like, don't just focus on, like, k- masturbating. And so I, what I had realized that, the, like, revel, first of all, it was probably the best orgasm I had ever had in my life up to that po- at, Up to that point, that was the best orgasm I'd ever had in my life. I just didn't know that I could do that because the, what porn had done to me that I realized that was really revelatory in that moment was it was completely sensory. It was like audio visual, and tactile. It had nothing. I wasn't in my body at all because I couldn't be because I was comp- going completely outside of my body into something else. And as soon as I realized that if I just turned that energy inward on myself and could like I could care about myself and I liked things other than what I could find on the internet and it drastically changed my relationship to to sex to myself to pornography in general and again i wouldn't say that this is i wanted this to be kind of a story of like you know there's not that many men in the room but i was kind of hoping for men this would be like another a story of like hope like it's not about the fact that i think that we're addicted to porn as much as the i wasn't aware that there's a better option and that porn and then once i was aware of that i got a very quickly a healthy relationship with porn I used it for the reasons that a lot of people here talked about that were positive. I just didn't know that I could do that without it. And it kind of changed my whole relationship with with that. So that's my story.
0: Thank you so much, Zach. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, so Zach, um, a couple things. So there's 30,000 people that will be listening to this and many of them, many of them are men. Great. Uh, so your story will be put out there awesome. and, 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 uh, and you will change lives. Um, <laughs> that said, um, how long ago was this?
10: Like eight, Probably eight years ago.
0: And how has that experience changed the way you show up sexually with partners?
10: I mean, that was a huge. That whole era of my life was a shift out of like, like mindlessness and like getting fucked up and doing like watching porn, like trying to do that thing. That the reason that experience was so powerful was, I finally took ownership of myself and what I liked,
9: mm-hmm. and
10: my pleasure, and mm-hmm. that that's a thing. And it's not about, like, I think for me in that moment, I was like, I'm the man, I have to deliver pleasure, I have to be good at it, I have to be, like, I have to, like, what, like focus on that. I didn't realize that I could actually focus on what felt good for me, and, like, self-love um, physically. I didn't know that was a thing for guys. Yeah. And then when I got that, then I could actually deliver those other things I was expected to do societally for my partners. yeah So I think it drastically altered my relationship with myself, which then allowed me to show up as a much better just like person right. to the other people I was interacting with in my life.
0: And porn is still part of your life though today.
10: Yeah, I mean not, not I think more for the re, the like exploration of like uh oh, I've I've heard about this thing, do I like this or like am I like learning stuff. I actually to follow your point like a friend of mine who's a, a sex therapist recently was like check out these you know ethical porn websites. They're fascinating. Like and not and they're not addictive. Like you don't want to consume a ton of it. You're like, that's ah, beautiful. That's like, and I'm learning stuff and it's interesting. Yeah. And, but I, I also like
0: ethical porn. By the way, is a synonym for porn produced by people that are not men. <laughs> <laughs>
10: that's a, re- <laughs> it's so real.
3: Trust me.
10: are over clear. Yeah. So that, yeah, that, that, that stuff is still part. It's still part of my. Donna's is
0: about to call me out on that, but <laughs> I'll call my.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not. not yeah, I get yeah. it. There's,
10: there's more to that
0: than that, but we'll, we'll, yeah. So stick with, stick with him for a second. We'll bring it back to him, and then we'll let Johnna uh, set me
3: straight.
10: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's not. Th- I think in the all of the like, I don't know what we want to call the term now, and I'm searching for words on this as I host similar conversations and stuff. It's like, it's not tantra. It's not conscious sexuality. It's just like being present and sex. Yeah. Um, as I'm going through that, I'm, I'm. My old relationship with porn was basically like a nightcap. It was like, that's how I went to bed. I was like, oh, I'm tired of trying to figure out how to burn this energy. Well,
0: it's <laughs> God's ambient, right? It's God, totally. Right. Right. And with ambient, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
10: <laughs> <laughs> bad joke. Uh, bad drug joke. Um, <laughs> but that, so I'm not using it for that anymore. And yeah. now that I found this other porn, women, porn, ethical porn produced by sure. mostly women, yeah. um, now it's lear- I'm learning things about it and learning things about myself and able to explore things. Amazing. And after tonight, I'm going home and watching <laughs> Game Man Mel <laughs> Porn. Amazing. Everybody, Zach.
0: <laughs> All right. I mean, we've heard a lot. What is coming up for everyone here? Shout it out when you feel it. Ethical porn. Ethical porn. Okay. Routine. What was that? Routine. Routine. Okay. What was that? bath (laughs) she whispered that she's like bath. (laughs) okay uh routine oh wait who said addiction oh jane (laughs) jane 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 okay so you said routine yeah okay what's your name alex alex what's up
11: i was listening to his story and i was like wow i feel like i explore a lot with my partners and i never take time to explore and try new things with myself yeah like, I have the same masturbation routine. Can I you watch, watch us through it real quick? Yeah. <laughs> I watch a lot of porn. What um, kind of porn?
0: What kind of porn? What are you watching?
11: So, I like fake porn, actually, because it needs to be really well produced. So, I need, like, good actors. Have you
0: seen Erica Lust's
11: porn, uh, by any yeah,
7: chance? Yeah, I love it. I mean, yeah. that's
0: like, I mean, she's like, yeah. she's like the Fellini of pornography. Um, okay, so. <laughs> but, yeah, like. Huh? She's
7: coming to New York next month. Oh, thank God. Yeah. She, she has All a couple right. of events. In, okay, in New York. amazing.
0: Good to know. Okay, so. <laughs>
7: yeah,
11: beautiful set. So you watch the porn, Good actors, you watch fake yeah. porn. Okay. So I go to a website that I like because there's no ads and the design of the website. Is what awesome. is the website? <laughs> it's called uh, beeg or beeg, B E E G. Okay. Dot .com. So it's just like the selection is made there. I kind of scroll, there's no search. You just like scroll, no ads. I typically find something that I like and then I'll just hold my phone above my breasts so I can use one finger to get to my nipple. <laughs>
3: it's moments like this where
0: I wish this was a TV show. Okay, so you're holding the phone like this yeah. and you're, you're, you're tweaking your own nipple with your piggy. And then, yep, okay. very
11: important. Okay. Then my other hand here. Education,
0: and Christian, ed- education. <laughs> okay.
11: Yeah, so sometimes I get tired. So I'll just switch breasts. <laughs> okay, um, and then I end up coming with within usually 20 minutes. That's but just like my from average. touching your own
0: nipple, or is there no, more I going also on? Oh, I also rub my clit. Got Sorry, it. that's okay.
11: why I, I, I have only one hand, so right. I can't hold the phone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> got it. Okay. I,
11: I thought of a stand situation. But <laughs> Um, so yeah, and that's, that's it. A <laughs>
0: uh, stand, <laughs> she said I thought of a stand situation. <laughs> Somebody needs to sell that product. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is your routine.
11: Yeah, this is my routine. So it's every like I night. I don't even.
0: Is this um, a regular thing? How
11: often
10: is
0: this?
11: Like every couple days. Yeah. Every okay. night or every couple days. Okay. And I, I kind of like it to fall asleep too. So that part is a little bit. All right. He
0: mentioned that. Yeah. Right.
11: Uh, but yeah, I don't even like go and touch elsewhere. Even like. I'll try like all sorts of new and crazy things with partners, but I never like think like, oh, let me spice up my masturbation routine. So it was just, I don't know, it was kind of cool. I was like, huh, maybe I go home tonight and take a bath.
0: (laughs) 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 Thank God. You guys, I mean, that's what this is all about, you know, that's great. See, you're changing lives, brother. You're changing lives. Um, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, okay. What else is coming up? What words? Who said safe? Safe. Okay, hold on. Let let's let's get this all set up. Alright, what is your name? Tarek. 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 What what's what's safe? What are what are we uh, talking about here? I don't know. A and are lot. you are you two a, a thing? Yes. You look like you're a thing.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> She's every time I gotta tell you, I can always spot this Tarek. Because there's always there's always somebody who like shares. And I can always tell when they're, like, in a thing because the person sitting next to them is like this. (laughs) 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 But she just did that. Now she's rubbing your back. So, so, Tarek, Tarek, what do you mean, safe? What's coming up? Um,
12: Just from, like, a lot of the stories and then my own experiences, I feel like it's just kind of a safe, space like for me for a long long time one of the big things that was in my head is like i'm terrible at sex terrible 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 it's not like i was having a lot and people were giving me bad feedback it's just like in my head i'm just like i'm terrible what does it
0: mean to be good at sex
12: i i guess like the definition i even had was based off of what i had seen in porn which i mean i guess the porn that i watched was kind of weird I was never like a video person necessarily it was always still images and things like that so it was I guess it was my imagination but for me it was always kind of just like a safe space where I'm trying to find the right words Tarek it's it okay <laughs> if
0: you're if you haven't collected your ideas at this point nobody's no it, it was kind this of this is like a whole strange dynamic we've <laughs> <considered>. <laughs> you know um, when you say safe space, what do you mean? Non-judgmental. When you're alone. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who can relate to that, say word. Word. OK, we're all with you, brother. So you create a safe space alone with, I guess, you're talking about a magazine or, or photos? Where
12: Magazine, photos, I, like somebody said earlier, with their, um, their old, old computers, we had dial up for a long, long time, which is why I think I never got into videos at home. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> It was just, like, LimeWire. <laughs> yeah, throwback. It taught me how to pirate things online, pretty much. But, um...
0: You yeah. just aged our demographic.
12: Um.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> he said LimeWire. Everyone was like, oh, yeah.
12: <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, I don't know. I grew up in a household. like I grew up in the South Middle Eastern family. So it was very much like, don't talk about this stuff. You don't do it. It's people got married, then they had a baby, but no one kind of talked about how it happened. It's just like, oh yeah, now they're pregnant, and it's been like five minutes. But um,
0: so sorry, it sounds kind like well, I think that I think that your point around a safe space is an important one, and uh, I'm really glad that you shared that. And thank you so much for sharing that. Everybody, tarek. Okay, so before, before we close the space, um, I always like to ask everybody what's, you know, what's coming up for them, what's, what's one thing they think they're going to leave thinking about. If you feel like you're going to leave here with just one thing that you think you're going to be thinking about, put your hand up. Amazing. So, hi. 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 What's your name? Brittany. Brittany. Brittany, what's one thing you think you're going to be thinking about as you leave here tonight?
8: I've really been thinking about the point you made, Zach, right, about exploration. Um, And even what she was saying, um, I don't explore my masturbation routine. It's the same thing. I watch the same porn. I buy Erica Lust videos, and I watch the same (laughs) five videos from her. Um,
0: Wait, you watch the same video over and over again?
8: Yeah, I rotate them. Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay, great, Um, great.
8: This has become an advertisement for Erica Lust. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm just thinking about how to yeah. um, explore more on my own.
0: Okay. All right. Great. Okay. Um, my friend. You're you're his friend, right? I'm
3: the gay The gay friend. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gay friend. <laughs> what, what what what's one thing you think you're gonna be thinking about um uh, by the way had, did you know this whole story of his before tonight um i feel like i knew it in pieces
6: i don't know if
5: i knew it in aggregate but okay. now i do all right here we go <laughs> um i don't know if there's one thing i feel like i'm gonna leave thinking about 20 things but don't feel ma- pressured to tell us all of them okay well <laughs> just, um, <laughs> just
0: one what's one thing you think you're like oh wow that's like a... maybe
5: that i should watch porn with other people okay which i've never done Cool. but like apparently it's really cool so <laughs> yeah, I guess
0: I should try it yeah there's research on that yeah exactly <laughs> amazing all yeah. right thank so. you so much okay um yeah right here, right
13: here. Um, just some of the things you guys mentioned about like educating yourself I feel like um, I feel like I don't know a lot <laughs> especially being in like a long-term relationship I feel like I haven't explored all these sexual experiences with other people, and I'm very happy where I am. But I liked hearing um, that, like, reading about sex really like opened your mind um, to like viewing it differently um, and using porn as like an education tool. Yeah. Like as you mentioned, I don't know that's really resonated with me. Yeah. Something like because sometimes there's a little bit of like FOMO I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> and, like <laughs> like yeah like you like you're really happy but that means or does that mean you won't be able to experience all these things you um hear about um and are curious about so i'm like gonna go look up these books you guys want to God. all right
0: amazing all right thank you so much i'm so <laughs> grateful that you came here so so jana jana tell us your final thoughts on this
7: before (laughs) we close up the space. Okay, so I think one of the biggest debates that we've been having in society today about porn that was touched upon, you know, the porn addiction is the big porn addiction thing. And and, uh, we've been hearing a lot about that. And I want to let everyone know that in the scientific world and in the psychological kind of therapist world, there's no consensus yet. There are people who are really, dedicated to proving that sex addiction and porn addiction are a thing or bad or destroying people and it's it, therefore we should end all porn. And then there are people on the other end of the spectrum who are saying it really isn't, I mean, it is certainly possible that people are having sex and or watching porn in ways that are unhealthy, but that, it, it, that in and of itself is not the problem. That usually when that happens, when people are having these unhealthy experiences with porn, and and or sex it is either um, either an indicator of some other mental health issue depression anxiety dissatisfaction with yourself with your relationship low self-esteem um, shyness or feeling awkward and not being able to go and explore so other things are driving why of course it's pleasurable of course it's it's something that is easy to kind of get uh, doing a lot but it is um yeah, it, it, it's not the, the, the sex or the porn being the issue, it's all of these other things being an issue. Or often, the issue is feeling bad about it because you've been told that it's bad. So the shame and the guilt around the, the porn habits or the sex habits is what's, uh, what's leading that to be an um, unhealthy experience.
3: Hmm.
7: So, but that said, um, there, th- there certainly is a percentage of people for whom their porn habits are unhealthy or They're experiencing them as unhealthy and that's real. I I, I don't think anybody is or should be invalidating, Siri just wanted to talk to me, I think. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Should invalidate that 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 is real. However, that's a very, it's it's a small percentage of the population it seems. When you random, you you, you sample a large group of people and um, Uh, who are porn watchers uh, to some extent, and you ask them about the positive and the negative effects that they feel their porn watching has on them, the vast majority of people say that it has more positive than negative effects and by by a lot. And so a lot of the, positive are, the positives are all the stuff that came up here, mm-hmm. exploration and uh, connection with, with partner and you know, education, learning new things, getting, getting new ideas, you know, just getting off. And there's nothing wrong with just getting off or using it as, as a God's ambient, right? There's <laughs> nothing necessarily wrong with that. And uh, if, if that's what you want, of course, that's not to say that everybody should want that and do that. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I think, again, touched upon many of, of the people here, what I see as the main issue with or the problem with porn is that for so many people serves as the only sex education that they get right and especially for young boys and girls who don't have real sex experience with real partners that becomes the only idea that they have about what bodies look like what bodies can do and what people actually like to do. Mm. And when there is no other sex education to counter that, it doesn't give people the perspective of this is fantasy sex. Because once you have that experience as what real sex looks like and bodies feel like and all that, you can go back to that and be like, I know that this is fake or this is not fake, but it's still, still like doing this or you know seeing that. Just like we watch Hollywood movies and we know that that's not real life, but we don't really have that with, with porn. and so. I think if we want to solve the big issue with porn, is bring more sex education of what real sex is from a younger age to more people.
0: Woo woo! Thank you. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Jana. Um, so I think that I think that on this subject of pornography, I think it's come up a lot tonight that like porn actually serves in a really positive way in, in so many people's lives. And we've heard that in the stories and, uh, and we've heard that in the research. And we've also learned that porn as an educational tool sometimes may also not be so great. But I think that the thing that comes up for me over and over again when I think about pornography is that I don't know about how everyone else here uses the internet, but like I know when I need to like learn how to like fix my toaster, or, like, I want to figure out how to tie a bow tie, which took me many videos to figure that one out. <laughs> like, I went, I went to the internet. I went to YouTube, and I watched people do it so that I could learn how to do it, that I could become better at it. And I don't know if sex really should be any different. I think that watching people have sex could be an amazing way to learn how to have sex. I think we may need better teachers in some sense, and I think that um, I think I am called to share a story from a couple of weeks ago where I met this fantastic human. Um, her name is uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. If you've heard of her, say a word. word. So I said to her, I said, listen, I. I have all the privilege in the world, right? I'm here, I'm a white man in 2018. I have all the privilege, what should I do with it? And she said, you should find some marginalized people, people who have been living in the margins and who haven't been given the same opportunities you have and you should let them lead. And I think the reason why that's coming up for me here is because so many people mentioned Erica Lust and Zach mentioned ethical porn and I think that like the biggest problem with pornography that I've witnessed is that the teachers have all been misogynistic men for the most part and there is this new class of pornography that's emerging that's becoming very mainstream actually uh, where the women are the teachers. The feminists are the teachers and I think that it's just been a really powerful thing to witness, to learn about, to learn how it's impacted so many of our lives. And so as we leave here, I think it's the really one thing that I'm leaving thinking about, is like thinking about how porn that isn't misogynistic, that isn't fake, that doesn't make us feel like our bodies are bad or wrong, that that really, you know, that we can learn intimacy and we can learn connection and we can learn, we can learn love and we can learn tenderness and we can learn how other people who have sex that might not be oriented the same way we do, we can learn through that as well. And so um, I think that, you know, this has been an amazing conversation. I want to thank all of our storytellers for sharing. I want to thank Dr. Jana for just dropping knowledge on us. I want to thank the amazing crew uh, for our podcast. I mean, the, these women have been holding these mics and making sure that you all sound pristine. Uh, so thank God for them. Uh, and uh, and uh, a big, big, big thank you to the assemblage for allowing us to be here and, and offering us this space. Um, <laughs> And the last thing i like to share is that if you look to the center, you'll see uh, a bunch of feathers and it's become a tradition here at Touchpoint <coughs> that, you know, the one thing that you can really leave here with, that you can take with you, and that I hope you put into action immediately, is the power of this conversation. And by this conversation, I just mean talking about the things that we generally don't talk about for so many reasons, but when we talk about them, When we create that dynamic and we have that conversation, so much can shift in our lives in in all the ways. And so we have these feathers and each feather represents a conversation. A conversation that you may have with another person that may create an intimate space of vulnerability and empathy where we can really connect and we can really learn from each other and we can really grow. And the more of these conversations we have, the more of these feathers we get, the more we get to build the wings that we need to fly as high as we wish. And so every time you come to Touchpoint, you get a feather and you you take it with you, and if you're so inclined, you share a photo of it on Instagram and you tag us in it. (laughs) So I encourage you to to take this conversation with you, bring it to your friends, bring it to your family, bring it to your partners. I had a conversation with my father about anal sex once. It was weird, but (laughs) super informative. Take your feathers with you. And and please visit us again next month. Thank you so much. Get home safe. And we'll see you soon. I'm Jared Matthew Weiss. Thanks for listening to Touchpoint True Stories. For more information about Touchpoint, you can find us on Instagram at lovetouchpoint and on web at lovetouchpoint.com.